0: Father, this morning we come to you, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for another new day. Another day in the land of the living. Another day to come into thy presence with thanksgiving, with praise, with boldness, without fear. Receive mercy from our Father who has loved us with an everlasting love and receive grace for this hour, whatever, Any one of us here online, anywhere in the part of the world may be going through. Your grace is there. Nothing is stopping us from coming to you. Because you have said come. And you said receive. And your grace is sufficient for us. This morning, anoint us, Lord, afresh. Give us hearing ears. Mind that understands and above all the heart that believes. Heart that believes, O Lord. Then obeys. Be with us. Jesus name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Some of you can sit on this side so I can see your face. Because I'm seeing your face after many centuries, no? Schools, colleges are closed, okay, let's turn back to galatians five six and then we'll continue. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision matters avails anything in Christ Jesus, but only one thing that is faith working through love, okay, so we are looking ultimately at faith, we are ultimately looking at faith because love God has poured into our hearts if you're born again if you're truly born again the spirit of god is in you and he has poured that love we have to find it and learn how to use it but we are looking at faith and faith is ultimately what we'll need if you're going to survive and come through and we saw like god starts off everyone all begins with god it does not begin with us If it begins with us, then we are doomed. It begins with God. We love him because he first loved us. How did he love us? The season he sent his only begotten son. Okay. As long as you don't look at the cross, not Christmas, the stars and the things, that is just celebration. As long as you don't look at the cross and understand the cross, you will never understand how God loves us and be able to correspondingly love him back. Love him back. And that's where the cross comes. That's where Paul says we preach Christ crucified. He loved us. Therefore, we love him back. So the simple question is, how did he love us? How did he love us? And the cross is the entire center of everything. Therefore, we love him. But it comes from him. He gives us that love. In the same way, we have a human faith which avails nothing in the spiritual realm. You're talking about a faith that is of God he starts it, he gives it to us, he has to give it to us, otherwise we cannot be saved, Ephesians 2.8 makes it very clear, we are, by grace you have been saved through faith, Okay, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, so if you look at it, both grace there, which you receive, and the faith there, both are gifts from God, I did not have a faith to believe. I did not have the faith to believe. But when I heard, He gave me the faith to believe. That's what Romans 12.3 says. Okay? The last part. Not to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You see that? Now you need to realize... Everybody starts off with the same measure of faith. Everybody is saved the same way by the same kind of faith. There's no difference between any saved person's faith. It is all the same. That's what 2 Corinthians 4.13 will say. And since we have the same spirit of faith, remember faith is spiritual because God is a spirit. And he gives us his faith. And that faith is not intellectual or sensual. It is spiritual. That's why the Bible says you believe with your heart, not your mind. If you believe with your mind, it is an intellectual faith. If you believe with your heart, it is a spiritual faith. So we all have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believed. Not I understood We should have understanding, but sometimes you don't understand faith. And you still believe. There are a lot of things which we don't understand. Even in practical life, there are a lot of things which we don't understand, but we see others using it. And we see there is safety, there is utility, there is a lot of success in it. And we use it, though we don't understand it. Like my simple example is I still doesn't, I still don't figure how the microwave works. (laughs) I use it every day. The thing in the morning I use is a microwave to heat my coffee. Okay, so you need to realize, do we understand how it works? Simple thing is, do you need to understand many things as long as it works? Okay, as long as it doesn't harm anybody and harm yourself, it is fine. Right? So, faith is like that. It may just bypass your mind. The Bible says, by faith, the walls of Jericho came down. Till today, so many scientific explanations. Nobody is able to figure out how did those walls come down. But we know the walls came down. Do we understand? No, we don't understand. Scientifically, for a man to understand, a lot of things of faith are inexplainable. How did Sarah get pregnant at 19? We don't know. <laughs> And it is not a natural process because if she was a natural process, you could have got pregnant at 60, 50, 45, 60. But she did not. She did not. So we need to understand it is with the heart you believe, not with your mind. And a lot of us are struggling because we are trying to believe with our mind, and you know what? We will remain weak. So we need to understand God has given. Who has given? God has given. God has given. So if it is given, that means it can be received. You cannot receive anything that is not given. Right? You get a text. Let us say you are pink ration card. something called pink ration card. Right? And you have a phone number and you get a text. Today, two rupee, five kilos of rice will be given. So, you know it will be given. Therefore, you go. Look, I don't have a card. So I can't go there and say, give me. They will say it will not be given to you. Show your card. Everywhere you need to realize that is how it works. Right? So if God has given. If he has given, then it can be received. How do we receive it? That's Romans ten seventeen. 17. Faith comes from hearing. And hearing the word of God. That's how it comes. So faith is given. It is given. So, will I be given faith? No, it is given. How will he give everyone the same measure of faith, same spirit of faith? No, pastor was given different faiths. No, he was given the same faith. Everybody was started off with the same kind of faith. God has one measuring cup, measures it out into everybody because everybody is saved by the same kind of faith. God has given. How does it come? It comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, after that, Jude one twenty. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Now God gives, but increase is in our hands. It's not in God's hands. That is where we have to take personal responsibility. If after so many years of hearing the word of God, you have not grown in your faith, it's your problem, not God's. God gives, but increases in my hand. It is exactly like the master who called his three servants and gave them all one talent each. And then after a season, he came back and found one had increased it to 10. Another had increased it to 5. One had hidden it. The same thing happens with faith. He gave everybody the same kind of faith. But some people have increased it 10 times. Some have increased it 5 times. But those who have not increased it because they hid their faith. And you will be accountable for not increasing it. Because faith can and should be increased. Get this fundamental. And there's only one way, and not one way to have different ways in which you increase the faith. But faith can be and should be increased. And most of the struggles which believers face, which the worldly people don't face, they may have same problems, they don't face the same tests and trials, is a test and trial of faith. The test and trial, they may have the same problems, but they have multiple ways to handle it. We cannot handle it the same way because we not only have the devil against us, if we try the wrong way, God opposes us. He says, no, I will not allow my children to go that way. I will not allow my children to get get away with that. Because he says, my children are called to walk by faith. And if you don't walk by faith and you try to walk by sight, the devil will oppose you simply because you are not his own. He will not allow you to prosper because you don't belong to Him. And God will not allow you to prosper because you belong to Him. <laughs> Do you get it? Right? There are Ten hundred people sitting in an exam hall and fifty of them are copying and one of the one who is copying is a believer. He gets caught. I'm just saying, Lord, it is not for... They all were copying. He said, they were not my children. They were not my children. You were. So you get caught. And the other 49 says, you know what? I did not get caught. The devil says, you were mine. That's why you didn't get caught. That's how it works. That's how it works. So you need to understand. Without faith, it is not. So we have, the Bible uses different words. He uses the word called build, grow, increase. Increase, because we all have been given a measure of faith. The simple question is, did we increase it or did we hide it? Did we hide it? Now, how do we increase it? Go to Matthew 4, 4, when the devil is tempting Jesus for the first time. Okay, for the first time. Uh, he said, "If you are the son of God, this thing." So it's a test for him. Okay, it is written, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." Jesus, I mean, Jesus, friend. Fantastic teacher. Even when he is replying to the devil, he is teaching us because it's scripture. So he will not use complicated language. He makes it so simple that everybody can understand because the simple reason, and I'm telling you because I've been in on mission field for so many years. Most of the people to whom the gospel goes and who receives it happily are poor people who cannot read. Who cannot read. Who can only hear. So those who cannot read, the mind is not complex, who cannot handle complex things. So the word of God, when it is preached, has to be made very simple for a simple mind to understand. That's why if you listen to the parables or the illustrations of Jesus, they are not very complex, they are very simple. Even a poor man who believes can understand uneducated man who hears, believes, can understand. It's very simple. So Jesus uses this thing so that we can understand. So where does he bring an illustration from? He illustra- brings the illustration which is common to every man. He says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he brings two things side by side. One is my body, the other is my spirit. Okay. My body is the container in which is the soul and the spirit. He brings these two things. And he says, how does the body grow? By eating. By eating bread. How does the body grow? By eating. In this case, bread. Eating. Bread, rice. Your rice eaters, bread, atta, whatever you want to call it, millet, maize, whatever. It is a fundamental basic thing which we all eat, which causes the body to grow. God says, how does your faith grow? The same way, feeding on the word of God. Feeding on the word of God. Now, please understand this. God was using these examples with the children of Israel. If you have noticed, for 40 years, what did they eat? Manna, The same food. Only thing God said, you can cook it whichever way you want. You want it boiled, you want it fried, you want it dried. You, you can make it whichever way you want. But the food, the basic thing won't change. You see, when, I mean, I'm using illustration which it's easier for to understand. Okay. Indians to understand. When we were growing up, uh, every morning you get dosa. After one week you get tired of dosa. So what does your grandmother or your mother do? She makes idli. One week later you get tired of idli. What does she make? She makes puttu. After one week you get tired of, she makes appo. But at the end of it, all of it is rice. All of it is Because you have to keep eating the same thing over and over and over again. If you notice, for the past 15 years, we have preached from different sides the same thing, faith. And we will not stop doing it over and over and over and over. Because otherwise, you will not grow. You will not grow. People don't understand. Oh, we heard it the last time. Oh, it is so boring. no. That's the same thing we told our mother. This are is so boring. And she was smart immediately. Ah, oh, this is so nice. She, she, you didn't realize it was food. You were fooled. Oh, I don't like milk. She put something into the color change and you drag. it. It is so yummy. But it was still milk. Children are taken to the supermarket and shown. You can pick your color today. Oh, badam milk and chocolate milk and all. It is all milk. God says, keep on feeding on my word daily. Man shall not live by bread alone. Meaning, man lives by bread. Bread is a staple diet in one huge part of the world. How does man live? He lives on bread. He lives on bread. I have a kid now working in my home. Come from Nepal. She doesn't eat meat. She doesn't eat fish. She doesn't eat egg. She is a total vegetarian. All she wants three times a day is a rice, a dal and a pickle. But she wants her rice. Three times a day can eat rice. You know what? She has never eaten non-vegetarian, but she still grew. And she's taller than all of you. <laughs> God says, eat my word. Feed on my word. If you feed on my word, what will happen? He says, what will happen is that your faith will grow. You will grow in faith. There's only, not only one, the primary way to increase your faith is to feed on God's word. And if you don't feed, I mean, honestly, if you fast, not for any spiritual reason, but let us say fasting has starvation, what happens? You grow weak. Immediately you fast for one day, it shows on your body. What is a big thing? You only missed it for one day. Body says, No, I am struggling. I'm struggling. But because we are so body conscious and we are not spirit conscious, we will not be aware our lack of feeding, what is doing it to our spirit. That is why God says in the new covenant, you are not body or mind conscious, you are spirit conscious. And there are people in the old covenant who were so spirit conscious, they would say, early in the morning I rose. If you haven't eaten anything today, tomorrow morning, early in the morning will rise because your stomach will wake you up. Craving for food, you wake up early in the morning, and you goes, "Whatever is there, you cook and eat." What made you wake up? You stomach. On the other hand, if you eat so much through the night, you sleep till nine in the, in the because your clock does not work anymore because you are full. Ask yourself the same thing: Are we spirit conscious? Are we soul conscious, or are we body conscious? That's what Khan is talking about. Ramba God did not offer them in the desert an alternate choice simply because he was teaching them and us a lesson that you will feed on my word. Now, when it comes to faith, there are two kinds of faith. Two kinds of faith. One is Jude 1-3. The other is Second Corinthians 5.7 Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, our salvation is common. We are saved by our faith in what Christ has done. That faith and that salvation is all common. We went to the cross. And because of the cross, we will all enter into heaven. What we will be in heaven is a different thing. But all of us go to the same place. Our salvation is common. It's common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. This faith is Means, how would I put across is like the basic principles of Christianity as a religion. Like if you ask the law, Moses' law, Mosaic law. What is, if you put it in some total from the Old Testament. Don't say love God with all you had. That is how the interpretation is. How do you put the whole law into the Ten Commandments? Right? That is the law. Now we are talking about faith as in what you believe in. You have to fight for it because it never changes. It never changes. It is always the same. It never changes. It cannot change. And wherever you have Christian countries crashing and churches crashing is because they did not contend and they allowed the fundamentals of faith to change. You allow it to change, your faith has nothing to stand on and nations, homes, churches will be destroyed. So you have to fight for this faith. You're not fighting in faith, you're fighting for faith. So this is what we are talking about, the fundamentals of faith. <coughs> I would, I was asking the Lord, there are two kinds of faith. Give me words which is easier for people to understand. Now there is a second faith which is talking about in 2 Corinthians 5-7. Okay, we're just talking about we walk by faith and not by sight. This is a different kind of a faith. The first one, I would put it across as, because this is my own terminology, okay, and I believe I do have the Spirit of God, okay? I call it the living faith, the faith by which we live daily. The second one, I call it as the fighting faith, the faith you need to fight. You will see in the Bible, lot of people had living faith they did not have fighting faith a lot of people had fighting faith but they did not have living faith consistently we need both when it comes to the living faith this is what jesus used the parable about the wise man and the foolish man the wise man built his house how did he build? He dug, he dug, he dug, he dug until he reached the rock and he built his house. Then the floods came, the rains came, the wind came all around. He should stood there unshakable. This is living faith. Living faith is connected to what I call truth. It goes deep down. It's living faith. Fighting faith is different. It's not going down. It's going up. All things are possible with God. All things are possible with him or her who believes. So it's not going down. It's going up. It's holding of God and says, I believe. These are not the same. One goes down. The other goes up. And the ideal God is talking about is, if you look at Jesus and St. Paul and all, they had both. You need both. You need both. You can hear all this and build deep, yes, deep convictions. Living faith comes because you hear the word of God and receive it as truth. You have deep convictions. The truth grows. You grow in the truth. It goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until you are unshakable, immovable. You won't turn to the left or you won't turn to the right. It produces what we call righteousness, justice and just and righteousness. It is all based on truth. Okay, But when your back is against the wall, you have to fight. You may not have the fighting faith. Fighting faith. If you look at a picture called Samson. Samson did not have living faith. He was crackpot. But he had fighting faith. He was a fighter. When faced with his back against the wall, he will take a donkey's jawbone and he will kill a thousand Philistines. I will show you the difference between the. Turn with me to Ezekiel 14 and verse 14. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel and Job... Wherein it, they would only deliver themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord God. Three people are mentioned by name. Who are these? Noah, Daniel and Job. Three people. Now, if you look at these three people, you know what is about these three people? They were unbelievably righteous. You know why? Because they meditated whatever they heard and they built it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. But do you know that they really did not have fighting faith? You never see them fight a battle. Stepping out and fighting a battle. Daniel's three friends have deep convictions when God says bend down, the enemy says bend down, they say we will not bend down, You rather die. But they do not say we will come out of the flames. Daniel goes to the lion's den, but he has no confession saying, I know God will shut my life." He says the next day, God shut the mouth. But Esther goes and says, if I die, if I die, if I love, I love. She has fighting faith. But she doesn't have deep convictions to tell her uncle, I will not marry a Gentile. You need to understand the difference. Rehab has fighting faith, but she doesn't have living faith. She will dress herself as a prostitute because she wants to be included in the family and birth a child through her father-in-law. She has fighting faith. God approves of her fighting faith, but does not condone her living faith. We need to understand these things because we need both because living faith goes down. These are the three of the most righteous people. Powerful in their prayer life. They have convictions. They have built their life on truth. They will not turn to the right or to the left. But you will not see them really fighting battles. They fight the daily battles of life, but they do not are not <coughs> like Samson or others proactive. That's what we are talking about. If you turn with me to Hebrews 11 and verse 32. 11-32. Okay. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah. Four names there, right? First four names. How many of you say they had living, righteous faith? None of them. None of them. None of these four, would you say, built deep. They had such great convictions. They were so righteous before God. None of them. But they had fighting faith. In their hour, when God wanted to deliver a nation, you know what, that is the people whom God used because they had faith with which they fought, they would trust God. They would come to a point. They would risk everything and fight. They had fighting faith. They did not have living faith, the deep convictions. So get these two difference. Because when we are talking about increasing our faith, there are two faiths. The two names God gave me in the morning. It's okay, it's my own patented, so you can use it with permission. Okay, living faith and fighting faith. Living faith and fighting faith. You have to increase in both. But the direction is not same. When I see in living faith, you go deep down. You have very deep convictions. Very deep convictions. Like Daniel, very deep conviction. He purposed in his heart, I will not defile myself. Very deep convictions. And the convictions continues all the way through his life. But he is no Nehemiah. You know, he is not a fighter He's, he wants revelations and understand everything but he never thinks about going back to Jerusalem so God cannot use Daniel who is living in the same dispensation to cause a remnant to go back because a remnant to go back they need a fighting leader not a leader with great convictions Nehemiah is a fighting leader He has deep convictions, but he is a fighting leader and he goes back, takes a remnant with him and he builds the walls. Are we getting it? Little at least. It's sinking in. So the only way, not the only way, the first and the most primary way where you increase your living faith and your fighting faith, the first way is it both has to be fed. And what is, you feed it with the word of God. The word of God, man shall not love by bread alone. How did you grow? Because you ate. And if you all look at back and see, what is that you ate most? Rice. You ate. That's why God gave them manna. And it refused to change their diet. Keep eating manna. Make it whichever way you want. But you will only eat manna. And therefore they grew. Even the little ones who entered, they all grow because they ate the same thing. So the same thing, God says, and the same thing we keep on preaching. We keep on preaching. And as we are keeping preaching, two things have to take place. One, convictions have to grow deep. These are my convictions. So you see the world changing, the Christian world changing with LGBTQ, all these things. But it doesn't bother you. It shouldn't bother you. Why? Because your convictions are very, very deep. Very, very deep. Like the foreword we passed around, some people put as their DP also, an interview with a man saying, oh, how many kinds of genders are there? He says, this is my opinion. A hundred years from now when we are all dead and some archaeologist comes and digs up our bones and he tests it, finds ultimately there are only two genders, male and female. Now You don't have to die and wait 100 years for an archaeology to declare you are male or female. You can decide now because it is written. You have deep convictions. God said, that is the way he made me. That is who I am. And nothing in the world is going to change that because my convictions are deep. So about moral issues, social issues and all, your convictions come from the word of God and you don't change with every wind of doctrine. Because you have been grounded in the doctrine of Christ. This is who Christ is. This is what he said. This is what I believe. I am not going to change. This is living faith. And a living faith produces a righteousness of God. The character of God. The nature of God. And God says of this. These three are the greatest of the Old Testament. Who are they? Noah, Joe and Daniel. And there is another faith. That is a fighting faith. Turn with me to Second Timothy one five. And then first Timothy six twelve. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Louis, your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. So what is he talking about? They all believed in Christ. They have meditated upon the truth. And they have grown deep in their convictions. I see it in your grandmother. I see it in your mother. And I see it in you too. This is living faith. But 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. Timothy, you are not a fighter. You are a wuss. You are a When it comes to fighting the battles of faith, you are so fearful. He sees his mentor. He admires his living faith, but he's terrified of his fighting faith. Oh, boy, if I go with him, you know, i will get beaten up. I'll be thrown into prison. I don't know. Fear, fear cripples him. So he has no fighting faith. That's what he's talking about. Paul is talking about. Understand this. If you do not have fighting faith, God cannot use you. He can only use you as an example of righteousness. He cannot really use you to deliver others. You really will not have a ministry. Because to have, you can have a witness. God is saying, look at Job. Look at Daniel. Look at Noah. Tremendous witness. Noah saved his own household. Why? Because of his witness. But because he did not have a fighting faith, he could not save anybody else. When Moses left Israel, Egypt, he brought 600,000 men with him. He delivered the whole nation because he had a faith that was fighting. When Joshua finished, he had possessed the entire promised land because he had a faith that he was a fighting faith. We need to understand how it works. We need both. We are negate, not negating one for the other, but we are, see we will we'll hear all this again on Sunday. We'll keep on hearing it because that's the only way your faith will grow. You have to keep hearing, like eating the same food every day, for you to grow physically. You have to hear sometimes a hundred times before you will actually believe and step out on it. So this is what he is talking about. Timothy, is a, that's why in Second Timothy, he will say God has not given us a spirit of fear. But power, love and a sound mind because he's fearful. He's got genuine faith. He's got a genuine, righteous, living faith. But he cannot be used because he will not fight. He will not fight. After Jesus, the perfect example in the Bible who has both is Apostle Paul. He has a living faith and he has a fighting faith. Look at this. First Corinthians chapter 11, 1 and 2. imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about life, the living faith. Now, I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. He said, I told you how to look. I told you how to run your homes. I told you how to run your churches. I have given you a format. Stick to it. What is this about? This is about living faith. How you live your Christian faith out. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. This is the living faith. But when you come to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 and 14, where is he? He's in chains, in prison. I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happen to me have turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. What happened to you? So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. Now listen carefully. Look here. He says, I'm in prison. I'm in, in chains. But he says, you know what? The whole palace guard has heard about Jesus Christ now. And look at verse 14. And most of the brethren in the Lord, uh, in the Lord, having become, confident by my chains. are am much more bold to speak the word without fear. What it is? He says, you want know, when they saw my fighting faith, not my righteous faith, now they are also not afraid to witness. First, he's saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. What? My lifestyle. Second, he says, you need to receive courage from my kind of faith. He says, when I went with chains and they realize I am not bothered, I am not faced, I am witnessing left and right and this thing. And the gospel has gone to the whole palace guard. Others also got boldness. Now they are also starting to witness. He's talking about fighting faith. This is how it works and we need to have both. Let me tell you, you may be all good children in college and school and all, but you never testify your witness to anybody. You finish your graduation and come. Everybody said, very nice Christian, but who is Christ? Nobody knew because you were scared to witness. So you had a living faith, but you did not have a fighting faith because you were scared. You were scared of what would happen. Scared, what would happen? You're scared to witness, scared to see. Okay? But you need to have a fighting faith. Because if you don't have a fighting faith, it will not work. Paul has both. Timothy has one. He does not have two. That's why 1st and 2nd Timothy are very powerful Biblical manuals written by the Spirit of God through Apostle Paul. How to build your faith. How to build primarily your fighting faith. And if you look at 2 Timothy 4, 7, where Paul says, look at this. I fought the good fight. What is that fight? The fighting faith. The fight of faith. And I finished my race. When I finished my race, how did I finish? I kept the, the living faith. He says, In my battles, I did not lose the fundamentals. I stuck to my convictions. I never changed my convictions. But because when I was fighting, I was opposed and beaten and this thing, I never got scared. I continued fighting till my last breath. He was a very powerful witness, both by life, And because of his battles. So people like that give us encouragement. We don't have to be scared. Imagine Apostle Paul is not mentioned at all in the Bible. Only his letters are mentioned without his experiences. Where do we get our boldness from? Where do we get our courage from? We only get principles of how to live. We don't get the boldness of a fighter. And that's what God is talking about. We need The living faith and the fighting faith. And both will increase so that we endure till the end. So the first thing we need to understand is both of these faiths only come by hearing. And hearing the word of God. You want a living faith, deep convictions? It comes from the word of God. It is written. That is truth for me. I am not going to change from the truth. I will stand and live by the truth, deep convictions. It is written, and as I read and I read the experiences of people and how God dealt with me, faith is rising for me to do something. Wow! They did this. They did this. Did this. You read biographies, autobiographies of great missionaries, and all that you read. You know what happening? Faith is rising. Like I grew up when I in my faith. I grew up in the fighting faith by reading Brother Andrew and Richard Wombrand and all. These were fighters. They were not scared. So many Yeah. And you know what happened? She went to college that day. Her teacher was mad at her. She refused to get her letter into the class put her as absent and told her to sit outside the class. And she sat there quietly and and she said, I can't do that because my father is a pastor. And my father said, you can't do these things. That's a fighter. It's a fighting phase, sitting there all alone in the corridor outside. Why? Because not only do I have deep convictions, I will fight for what is right. We will take you out of this testing and all that's fine. I will see how your results come out. All kinds of threats didn't buckle. But in the process, something went out. Something went out. Okay? It's a witness that is going. Witness that is going to men. That's a witness that is going to God. You are a fighter. You are a fighter. It's a fighting fate. It's a very simple level. But I'm talking about at many levels. You will have to fight. You will have to fight. And both of this come only from hearing. You hear what God has said, you have convictions about truth. You see what has God done and men and women of God done, you have like, when it comes to Esther gives women so much courage in all persecuted countries because she is one among the persecuted in a pagan land. And she put her life in risk for all her people. How many women of faith have risen because of one Esther? It was not a living faith, it was a fighting faith. It's a fighting faith. But understand this. Both of them come from hearing. Then there is a second thing. If you go to 2 Corinthians 5-7. Where you increase. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now there, take that word walk. Walk means exercise. Now you will see a lot of people, children. All kinds of people. They all eat and they eat and they eat and they eat and they grow. They grow tall, they grow sideways. They grow fat. But if you tell them to lift something, they cannot lift. Well, another lean fellow comes and he just lifts it up like yes. and he says, you are so big and you can lift it. And this fellow just comes and lifts it. The difference is this fellow grew, but he never exercised. Therefore, he has no strength. What gives you strength is not just what you eat, what actually gives you strength is exercise. Do you not remember Chandu? Did he grow? Did he have strength? No because he could not exercise. So God says, the second way you need to grow or grow in strength is by exercising your faith. And that is where people fail. They are sitting there fat and flabby in the spirit in the church. Hearing and hearing, you cannot help but grow. Because you are eating. (laughs) The only way you will stop, a child will stop growing is by starving. But if you feed the child, the child will grow. Chandu is lying over there, he's got this tube, through the tube it is being fed, Chandu is growing. How can you stop him from growing? He will grow. Because food is going into his body. You sit in the church. You are hearing. 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 You are are growing. But how are you growing in the spirit? If God were to put you in a spirit? You are not laurel. You are hardy. Fat. And flabby. No strength at all. No muscles at all. You have no strength. But you have grown. So God says, you know what, you need strength, you have to exercise. You have to exercise your faith. You have to exercise. You have to do the things which faith requires. You have to step out by faith. You have to overcome your fear. You have to trust God and take a step out in faith. First step, second step, third step. You know, you have heard about George Muller, right? Many of you may have. Most of you have heard, have not heard. George Muller was in Britain in those years. Lots of orphans. And not like today's, no communication, nothing. By the time he finished his lifetime, he took care of 2,500 plus orphans. Without asking for funds. Appealing for funds without having a client based of donors, nothing. He raised in his entire lifetime around 75 million, let us say dollars or pounds or whatever. But do you know what he said in his, in his journal, not exact words. This is what is kind of written. He says, in the beginning, I needed so much faith, prayer and faith and faith to raise one dollar, to trust God for one dollar. But towards the end, I needed only that kind of faith to receive a million dollars from God. What happened? His faith had increased. He said, the same kind of faith I had in the beginning to raise one dollar, towards the end, I just needed that kind of faith to raise one million dollars. What happened? His faith had grown so strong. Faith had gone so strong. How did he? His faith goes strong? But consistently exercising it, exercising it, exercising, he believed his God. God sent me, God started it through me, God will do it for me, and I will step out on the limb and trust God. That's why we have one of these incidences of his where he had all these hundreds of orphans sitting in his in his hall. There is no food absolutely no food. But you know what he tells all the young ones? He says, let us put down our heads down and thank God for the food. Let's say grace. And the children all look at him and they put their head and they say grace. Little later, there is a knock on the door. And these are carts. Somebody comes and says, one of our carts, which is transporting bread from the bakery, has broken down. They cannot fix it. And the master said, Mullah's uh, orphanage is there. Give them the entire load of bread. And before you know, they are sitting there and eating fresh, oven baked bread because one man believed and said grace he didn't say grace after he got it he said grace before he got it that's fighting faith I believed therefore I spoke that is the spirit of faith that is fighting faith that is fighting faith so we see all kinds of people in the Bible who had fighting faith Yesterday in the in the uh, Nepali meeting, you know, I said <coughs> there are three ways in which God calls us to walk. Three ways in which God calls us to walk in Ephesians five, one and two. Okay? Therefore be imitators of God imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. So God walks us, asks us to walk in love. Asks us to walk in love. And He tells us, how do you walk in love? By how? Giving yourself. Giving yourself. Not taking. By giving. Walk in love. By giving yourself. Second one is the one which we looked. Walk by faith. Third one is 1 John. And chapter, uh, sorry, Second John one four. Second John one four. I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth. That's the first one we saw, living, living faith. So three ways God says you need to walk: walk in love, walk in faith, and walk in truth. When you walk in love, what do you become? You become an imitator of God. You become an imitator. You imitating God's kind of life. You become an imitator of God. When you walk in truth, do you know what you do? You honor God. You honor God. You magnify God. You honor God. But when you walk by faith, you please God. You can honor God without pleasing Him. You can please God without honoring Him. But God says, the perfect thing To be a perfect believer is that you imitate God, you honor God, and you please God. And if you look at Jesus, he imitated his father, he honored his father, and he pleased his father. This is to which we are being called. And that is what God is talking about, because love imitates God. Truth honors God. But what pleases God? Without faith, it is impossible to please. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. Get these fundamentals. So if we don't exercise our faith, it will not grow. It will not increase. Remember, faith is like a man who was given one talent. Three people given one talent each. And the master has given us all the same measure of faith. When the master came back, one had ten measures, another had five measures, one had the same thing given. He just had what was given. Why? Because he did not increase. He did not increase it. We will be called to account, but when it comes to fighting faith, is what God is, but you can increase, you can change it. If you read, if you if you if you read the book of Joshua from the beginning, what you see in the beginning is a man with living faith. Who is that? Joshua. He had lived under Moses, he had heard the law, he kept the law, he has a righteous living faith. But Moses is gone. Now you see it's a fearful timid man. Therefore, God comes and says, be bold, be courageous, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, be bold, and this thing. And you know what? What is he teaching him? He's teaching him to fight depending upon God alone. See, there are certain people, like um, examples which you will understand. Your child is scared of dark. I am so scared. What are you say? So scared? No, mummy, daddy, will you come in with the bathroom? What are you so scared? First time you stay. Second time you will say, okay, you go. I will stand here and watch. And they are going. Don't go away, okay? Don't go away. Don't go away, okay? That is Joshua. He will fight. Moses, your hands are up, no? Okay, I'll fight. Oh, your hands are down, please! He's a fighter. But his entire courage is based on somebody whose hands is up. Now there are no more hands. Hands are gone. How do you fight? Okay. How do you fight? Because the hands which was visible in the visible realm is no longer there upholding you. Can you stand on your own trusting me as Moses trusted me? Can you fight on your own? I am there. And that's why he says, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Moses is not there. I am there. Okay. He is a fearful man. First defeat. What happens? He falls on his face. He weeps. He cries and he said, why did you bring us here? And then God raises him up and says, remove this and this thing. But what does he become? What does he become? After a point of time, this man is standing there and says, sun stop, moon stop. And the Bible says, God has never ever listened to a man like that before. Where did he start? Where did he finish? How did it happen? He increased his faith. Like I said, faith is given, given by God, God has given everyone a measure of faith. How do you receive it? You receive it by hearing and hearing the word of God. God does not increase it, increases in our hands. Brethren, grow in your most. It's in my hands, your hands. God want to increase it. God will give it to you. He has has an investment, has a deposit, He gives everybody a measure of faith. He gives everybody a measure of love. Now he says, you have heard the truth. Grow in love. Grow in faith. How do you grow in by love? By loving. By loving. And God will send more and more and more unloving people into your, into your life to test you so that your love will grow. It has to grow. In the same way, your faith has to grow. It has to grow. Because you know what? We are coming to that time. You don't endure in these two things. You do not have enduring faith. You will be like Timothy. Ultimately, Timothy got his courage. He finished well. He became the bishop of Ephesus. Paul died and all that and he became. But everybody doesn't end like that. Somebody remains like that, crippled by fear. They are righteous people. They are righteous people. But they cannot be used of God. They cannot be used of God. This is the balance we need. We need both. We need both. Walk in love. Walk in faith. Walk in truth. Truth goes down. You have very deep convictions. Very deep convictions. But faith goes up. Fighting faith goes up. It looks into the word of God and says, you know, God says, with God, nothing is impossible. All things are possible to Him or her who believes. They look at that. And they are way b- when they read the word of God. What rises in them is not just deep convictions that go down. Deep faith rises. Strong faith rises. And Hebrews 11 is talking about a set of people with fighting faith. And if you like. Once again let's go to Hebrews 11.32. If you look at that list of people. They are not strong characters in terms of character. They are not these great giants of righteous living, no. But when God wanted to save a nation, God wanted to save a nation. Do you know whom he picked? He picked Gideon. He picked Barak. He picked Samson. He picked Jephthah. They were not models of deep convictions and truth. <laughs> but they were fighters. So God puts these pictures over. And when the book of Judges finishes, He raises up a little boy. A boy who grows up with deep convictions. In the midst of iniquity. Then God raises him. And he becomes a fighter. You have to read Samuel's account. You think he was a general. He slaughtered the enemies of God before God. He had deep convictions. And he had a fighting faith. And there was no man like Samuel until David came into the picture. Deep convictions. Absolute deep convictions. Who didn't turn to the left and the right till his death. And as long as he was alive, Philistines were scared. If Samuel had continued to rule instead of Saul, Philistine would have never won. Philistines won only because of Saul. When Samuel was judging, when Samuel, the whole period when Samuel was judging, asked this question, did the Philistines ever win? No. He was a fighter. Did Samuel ever, waver to the left or the right when it came to righteousness? No. He didn't. So these pictures are there. And when you are young, have both. Have both. One, have deep convictions. I've heard. Pastor has said. Ma has said. I have read. I'm not going to turn to the left or the right. Two, I will not be afraid. When I have an opportunity or I'm asked a question, I will give them. This is why I believe. This is why I will not be afraid. I will not be cowed down. I will not be offensive, but I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid one step. It doesn't happen. You don't grow in one day, but you have to grow. You have to grow. You go to the gym, you don't pick uh, 100 kilo weight in one day. But if you continue in the gym, you will, your trainer will keep on increasing without you realizing, you will put one slot there, one slot there, one slot there, and he says, try, try, try. What is he doing? He's increasing your capacity. Capacity. That is how God God dealt with Joshua, increased his capacity. When he began, he says, you don't. Let the priest go. Watch how I do. Not like Moses. Moses said, you lift the rod. He says, no, Joshua, you watch. You give the commands. Tell them to sanctify. Let the priest carry and see what I do. What I do. So he saw and his faith rose. And step by step by step and little later, this man is a giant of faith. What Moses could not do, he did. He took the promised land. And give it to the people. The Bible says all the days of Joshua, the land had rest. Had rest because he was a fighter. So We get these pictures and we stand before God and we say, Lord, make me. Make me a person who is an imitator of God in love. Who honors God because of truth and pleases God because of faith. And God says, when you have these three in your life, can be sure of your crown in heaven you don't just enter into heaven you enter into heaven as an overcomer absolutely clear about that you have your crown of righteousness you have your crown of life or whatever other crowns god has for you let's have peter and we shall pray